This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. Thanks to Hopeless Records for providing today's theme song, Where I Want to Be, by The Dangerous Summer. I'm Dale Hart Jr., and as usual with me is my co-host, Tyler Overstreet. How you doing, Tyler? Excellent, excellent, excellent. Yeah, we're recording this on what is my 43rd birthday. Happy birthday. Thanks a lot. Yeah, it's been really cool seeing all of the um, birthday wishes coming across my phone on social media and in uh, texts from friends and family, fans, uh, people in the industry. It's really awesome. What'd you get? Did you get any cool gifts? I did get a cool b- uh, book that I put on my Instagram account. I'm a big Lonesome Dove fan. I remember watching that miniseries when it was originally come out on TV. And there's a picture book that sort of tells some behind the scenes about how the movie was, or the, how the miniseries was made and so forth. Anyways, I'm, I'm Really wanted so that. That was cool. That was very cool. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been a great two days that I've spent with Amy. We were, uh, pl- I was planning on going hunting this week and uh, decided not to uh, take off just yet. And, you know, just going to dinner with Amy and hanging around the house. And we've been kind of Relaxing. having a good time. Yeah, it's this been is nice. The, this is the slowest week you've had and probably long, since you announced your retirement. Yeah. So we've had, I have this entire week free of obligation and it's the first time this year since the season started that we've had a full week off yeah of nothing so uh aside from the you know doing the podcast and things like that which aren't really work right we haven't had to travel or go anywhere and do right. much so that's been nice i think it's going to be refreshing to get to the track and not have been running around all week yeah well um, speaking of the track, we just finished up at Charlotte. We had a, a interesting weekend, to say the least. Um, NASCAR, you know, it's been we'll, – we'll, we'll go over it for some of the fans who might not have been paying much attention, but the racetrack decided to put PJ1, which is supposed to be a traction compound that they use at um, drag strips and so forth, to add grip to the racetrack they did this initially at bristol motor speedway and saw you know decent success i suppose and we did think it would help at charlotte um when we run there at night so because the track is so the track won't uh you know the track has been repaved many years ago but it's not aging and the asphalt uh, ratio that they used what they mixed in the asphalt i believe is a bunch of rubber polymers um and that is really just you know it's, it's sustaining the grip that it originally had when they repaved it so when when the temperature drops and we have a night race there everybody just chases the line and runs the bottom um you can run the top but it's just a longer way around and it's the top really doesn't work at a racetrack until the bottom becomes too slow. 
to where that upper groove can become competitive. And when the bottom, what makes the bottom groove slower is heat and uh, loss of grip. Uh, the track becoming slick in the in the in that type on you know, the heat of the day. So I think hearing this said over and over and over about Charlotte, the the officials there decided you know what, we're going to move this race to the daytime because they're really, you know, I don't, I, I don't want to, I don't know particulars. I don't know um, exactly what's happening, but I know the track isn't doing well because of attendance is way down. They removed a lot of grandstands from the back straightaway and so forth. They are in, uh, you know, they are in or near panic mode to sort of revive this racetrack. And so they decided hearing all of this conversation and advice from drivers and so forth to move this race to the daytime. Great idea. Well, they added the PJ one because they had did this last year and it seemed to do okay. Right. Yeah. They did the event last year. Yeah. Or this earlier this year seemed to do okay. Um, but for whatever reason, the way they applied it, uh, how it reacted, whatever happened in the next several hours between being applied and the cars getting on the track. When we went out there to practice Friday, that stuff was slick. It was not... Was this the first time they had put it down and not done the tire dragon thing over it? No, they've done that. They have, they, that's what they did last at the last race at Charlotte. Okay. They applied it without using the tire dragon. What we've seen, uh, what we've seen in the past with this at Bristol and so forth is it's, it is, it has more grip than an area that's not had it applied. And as the cars run on it and get and sort of heat it up or, or it activates it somewhat and it becomes even more grippier and tackier. So, you know, we were anticipating it not being a big gain in grip until we started to use it. But when we first went up there and went through that stuff, it was slick and we flew into the fence. I thought the right front tire blew or we broke a suspension part because the car just went right into the wall. There was no stopping it. Kyle Bush, a couple other guys hit the wall, had trouble with this stuff. It just was not, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't good. You know, it was bad uh, that this stuff was so slick and you couldn't, you couldn't even run up there. You were in fear of even getting into it uh, and using it. I mean, it basically ruined that first Xfinity practice. Nobody, like the guys ran like three laps each and they're like, well, we can't even run on this track right now. Yeah. So it was a bad, bad deal on Friday. I'll give the track credit. They listened to a lot of advice and started to use the tire dragon, which would engage and start sort of activate this PJ1 to improve its grip and it did uh they they used it quite a you know you could see the xfinity cars in their race run the middle you saw the cup cars run the middle a lot but for whatever reason we never were able to get right up against the wall that that stuff up against the fence still wasn't quite engaging and and still was very slick similar to friday so that was really disappointing because i want you know I like that line. That's the line I want, wanted to run and was hoping to run the entire weekend because of this race being moved to the daytime. So anyhow, we, we crashed our primary car. We got our backup out. We ran two laps in practice. We ran two laps in qualifying, and that was it. We started the race. The car wasn't 
awesome. It was okay. Super loose. We made a lot of changes during the day. Uh, different things, wedge, track bar, air pressure. Uh, we hit. We did improve the rear grip in the car, but never really got the car faster. And uh, we set around 17th to 20th, 16th to 20th the entire race. And then we had our final pit stop. Mm-hmm. Our crew was really solid all day long, but on that last pit stop, we came in 17th and they got us out 13th. And I said, you know, I said, you know, to myself right then that I was going to try to do the best I could to at least maintain that position. They had given us a great opportunity to get a better finish than we really deserved. And then the car deserved at least. And so we were able to do that and came home 12th. It was great uh, from that standpoint. And really, if you look at it, as a whole weekend to take that backup car and not have any laps on it. I felt like we did an, a, you know, we did a respectable job. Right. I've seen people, I've seen teams do better. Right. With, uh, but, 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 you know, those, in those, most of those situations, they have a little more time, practice time with their backup car, which we didn't. So, um, were you surprised that after the race, like you were pretty, you were worn out. I mean, yeah. Kyle Bush was laid out and had, some medical attention but there were other guys that were exhausted i saw this so i got out of my car and went right to the wall to sit down because it was i just needed to sit down and get my energy back i drank a couple of bottles of water started feeling better i got up and walked back over to my car and i looked out across the grass in the infield and there were four or five ambulances pulled up there and i was like what's going on yeah and so I saw in that glance of looking at those ambulances, I saw a driver climbing one and I'm not sure who it was, but, um, uh, I was like, wow, you know, this is a, and then there were, you know, I saw Kyle, I wasn't really surprised by Kyle because he had hit the wall and knocked the crush panels out of his car. And that will definitely give you a difficult, uh, experience having to breathe in all that carbon dioxide and stuff. So definitely, um, understood his situation, but. I turned back around, looked at pit wall, and saw all the other drivers sitting down, just gassed, you know. Truex talked to him later after uh, he got home, and he said he was extremely toasted as well. So, yeah, I mean, it was just very humid. Yeah. Because it wasn't the hottest race no, of the season. Yeah. He, you know, those the hot days aren't that bad it's the humid days and it can be 80 degrees and right the humidity is really what kills you in those cars because that that just it just clings around and and just bakes you in there if it's a real hot day like 95 degrees or 90 degrees as long as it's not humid and it's kind of dry it's 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 really not as bad it's really those humid not it's we've had some i remember a race at texas a couple years ago at night it was you know 80 degrees but it was so freaking humid we all about died but i was a little bit um i've been wearing this cool shirt that jimmy showed me and he wears he wears it in practice and qualifying and everything and uh so i wore i've been wearing it in the races since darlington and it's really helped me a lot um keeps you nice and comfortable at least your torso and so you know the head your head and your torso are the most key components of trying to keep those cool um you know, the weather was a big concern. We had a big system coming into the uh, Gulf that was coming up through the uh, mid-Atlantic really fast, moving quickly up north. Uh, we got lucky with that. Everybody was soon, was everybody was just sure that we were going to be racing on Monday or Tuesday, so I was really glad that 
Yes, I was very happy about yeah, that. Yeah, it was wet. You know, we had some. You know, we had some periods, and it rained out all of practice. Um, which which yeah, really, Saturday was a long day because yeah. we got out there at probably nine thirty in the morning, sat in the hauler, did wait, nothing, did nothing, yeah. and then we we stayed around for the Xfinity race and the concert. In the concert. So, but yeah, I was one of those who was very nervous about racing on Tuesday. Yeah. Because because then that would have meant you sit there for yeah. Sunday that, that is Monday. not any fun. I, one year we did that at Michigan. It rained out the race, and we didn't race till Tuesday, I believe. Ugh. And I sat in that bus for two and a half days, just going bonkers. Which is weird because the the weather forecasts were like eighty percent on yeah. Sunday and Monday, and obviously it's the local thing or it's the local race. So we've dealt with the weather, and it hasn't really rained a ton. Yep. So we got very lucky. But kudos to NASCAR for moving that race up. That's right. Everybody rags on them for what they do wrong, but moving that race up an hour was a good call, I think. Yeah. One big thing that happened over the weekend was your future replacement, Alex Bowman, got his first win in any of the top three series, which he had been... A few haters were saying, oh, he doesn't deserve that ride. (laughs) He hasn't won. It's crazy. But... I mean, he got in that 42 car, which is a good car. Yeah, it just won a couple weeks ago. Yeah, he has not raced since March in a truck race and got in there and won. So for me, it was a little bittersweet because I wanted them to win in a JRM car. Sure. Um, Also, there's a, you know, there's, there. well, not really important to get into it, but that also has an effect on the owner's points for the Xfinity Series with the 42. Yeah. Fortunately, they had already won that Kentucky race and locked their that advance so it didn't yeah. mess us up but yeah it's 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 just weird yeah there you know the um the i can't believe anybody would think that alex doesn't deserve the opportunity he's getting he's been grinding and grinding away for a chance to to get a, a top notch ride and people would probably compare him to any of those guys like matt di benedetto and and uh, you know, Landon Castle. I mean, these guys are grind. This what they're doing. What what Landon and those guys are doing is tougher, probably mentally, right? Yeah. Than than anything else as a driver. Um. To to make to to temper your optimism to to understand. Uh, to go into a race where if I run 15th, that's like I won the right. race. Yeah, so it th- that's a really difficult position to be in and not one that I obviously have had a lot of experience with. So I'm not, um, you know, those guys can speak on it a whole lot better than I can, but I certainly respect their effort and grind and attitudes. The fact that those guys, like I talk to my nephew Jeffrey all the time about you know, just sort of helping him maintain a positive outlook when the situation gets difficult. And um, I think that Alex sort of went through that too. And there was times when I'm, you know, I would uh, see Alex in a difficult situation or a frustrating situation and, um, and he, you know, he would muscle through it and work through it and make the best of it and, and then when he did get these little opportunities and good stuff uh, with good teams, he would make really good choices. 
not only would he have a good result, but I would watch him in the races and see how smooth and 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 how how he used judgment and and how he was just a very smart driver. So he's definitely earned this opportunity. Uh, I think that what it did, were at least what I saw from, and I always judge, you know, we judge a lot of things from social media reaction, but because it's a really good place to get that sort of idea of what what everybody's thinking. Um, when he won the when he won the other night, that checked the box for a lot of fans that were wondering whether they want you know whether they wanted to either pull for the eighty eight next year, continue to pull for the eighty eight, whether Alex was the guy for the job. It just checked a lot of boxes for a lot of people uh, that that all right, this kid he's good enough. That was it. If it, you know that was sort of the last block in the foundation for. Um, everyone accepting him in, into this opportunity and and every and people getting excited about it you know people people being like when we first announced Alex people were like I don't know you know I don't know how I feel with me retiring and all these emotions I think that that was sort of the the catalyst for here's the future yeah and Alex is it uh, he did an amazing job when he got out of the car with his interview covering uh the loss that the team has had with uh they had a a death and and uh one the family of their partner that was sponsoring the car he explained that and uh honored that individual he spoke about uh rick helping him get the opportunity to drive that particular car he thanked ganassi and those folks and the guys on that team he was just really covered everything well and also you could see his genuine appreciation for the opportunity and the win. Um, and those are the things that I think fans connect with is that genuine emotion. And, you know, the, the guys that express that and, and let that out and be themselves are the ones that are really going to catch this. Uh, you know, they're, gonna, they're the ones that are going to really get the fan base behind them. I think that um, Alex did a. It was so good to see when he got out of the car. I was, I was, you know, we've never seen him in that situation. You yeah. Know? So that was so good to see how he reacted and handled that. And I thought, you know, man, I, it just makes me even more excited about next year. I got more excited. So I know I was seeing that same reaction from the fans on social media. It was a great moment for Alex, um, you know, and I know that he, I know that he is. Uh, he'll say to me. Man, I need to get in a car because I I just got to make sure I can you know yeah. I, I can still drive or I need to knock the rust off. There's no rust to knock off. I've seen this kid take months away from the car, get back in, and be super fast. Right, like last last year when he was driving the JRM car, his first race was Dover, yeah. and he almost won that race. That so. is so impressive, right? That he can be out of the car for months at a time, jump in and be a threat to win right out of the gate that to me speaks incredible uh speaks volumes about his talent and how smooth he is how confident he is in himself man when he starts to really get on a run next year it's going to be awesome to watch yeah i Um, would not be obviously i want one of our cars to win phoenix he's running the phoenix xfinity race but i would not be surprised if he won that i wouldn't either because um he ran that race for us a couple years ago and uh incredibly smooth so smooth so uh 
Phoenix was a track where you had to be really disciplined about overdriving it because you can drive through the front tires so easy, and he is so disciplined with that. I agree. I think that he has a great shot at getting another Xfinity win, uh, continuing to fan, continuing to uh, you know fuel the fire and flames of of uh, excitement and ex- expectation for his season next year. So if he does win another race, oh my God, people are going to be. Yeah, they'll People be, they be, could be ready. Yes. But I was one thing I was confused about is he says he doesn't like the Al, or Bowman the Showman nickname. I think it's a great nickname. I know, but his first tweet after he won was hashtag Showtime. So that's like he's playing into the Showman. Yeah. But he says he doesn't like it. Huh. He needs to decide, or he just needs to accept it. Maybe he's not telling us the full truth. Yeah, he's the Showman. Maybe he doesn't know if it's okay to say he likes it. Yeah, maybe he's supposed to. Maybe he's trying to he's push. Staying the, humble, staying humble, pushing that modest approach. You know, he but needs he probably, to just accept it. Of course, I'm, I think secretly behind closed doors, he loves it. <laughs> of course, he does. The showman—that's a great nickname, Bowman the Showman. All right, moving on. We got our final Talladega race coming up this weekend. A lot of people have this one circled on the calendar as the race that we could probably win. Do you? Yeah. I also every but, time we go there. Yeah, I mean, I have this one, but I also have Martinsville yeah, and Texas yeah. and Phoenix. Yeah. So, I mean, we could win any of these races coming up. So. I agree. But uh, I, th- I, th- I know whether we are ready for it or not, it's gonna there be are it. going to be some freaking pa- people at this racetrack that are counting on us <laughs> to make a damn show of it. So, one of the re- – one of the this is a – there are two things that are going to be incredibly motivating this weekend, all right? One of them is going to be the fan – support that we're going to see which i'm i know they'll be out there strong uh they love the Earnhardt's um at at talladega i also put that camera on my helmet yes sir so i'm wearing that helmet cam all weekend and i i purposely asked for that helmet cam for the talladega race because imagine like with that helmet cam people gonna be able to see what you're doing all the time yeah so I'm going to have to, I'm going to be it's going to hold me accountable and motivate me to be aggressive. Yeah. And uh I want to put some stuff on film that people are going to want to watch. So uh between that and the fan support, I think we're going to be in the gas all weekend. Yeah. I think it's going to be a rowdy yeah, weekend. I think so too. Hopefully uh things go well for us and you know we have a good weekend, but I'm excited about it. Uh we've got six wins there. Love to make it seven. And, um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. All right, let's move on to the Ask Junior part of the show. All right, we got some good questions. I'm usually a little tempered about the questions and the quality. So you're excited about it, But them I think they're a little better. Okay. The first one is going to be at... At Roadster2485, do you remember your first race? His was in a four-cylinder class. My first race was at a go-kart track called Sanford, Stanford or Sanford uh, in, I believe, North Carolina somewhere. Uh, I was 12 years old, and I flipped. Uh, we, I think we, uh, I flipped in the first corner. I went, I went, you know, got tangled up with a guy and ended up going upside down and uh dad was there we put we flipped the go-kart back over and fixed anything that was messed up and got it going again and finished the race um 
crazy. Was there like, was that one of those deals where you're like, hey, dad, I really, really, really want to run this race? And there was like a lot of build up to it. No. And then you, oh, okay. They just kind of put you out there. Yeah. We we had borrowed a go-kart or bought a go-kart, one of the two from a great friend of ours and uh, Mike Herman. His son, Mike Herman Jr., spots in the Cup Series and Xfinity Series. Um, Well, anyways, me and Mike Herman Jr. were teammates. I've actually posted a picture of me and him in our go-karts on Twitter and on social media before, and that was the race. That was my first race. Did you ever win a go-kart? No. What was the first thing you ever won in? Legends cars. Okay. I'll beat... I won a race at uh, on the quarter mile on the front straightaway at Charlotte on pole night qualifying. So that was the very first car or race that you ever, ever won, won in any car. Yep. That's cool. At Big Daddy Roddy asks, since Charlotte is going to use their Roval next year, are there any other tracks you'd like to see use new layouts, like the Daytona or Indianapolis road courses, for example? You know, I think the Indy road course might be interesting uh, to see how the cup cars could race there. Uh, I would be willing to do it at tracks where it doesn't seem like the cup cars put good races on. And I think the Indy is definitely in that conversation. I think they want to do it too. Okay. So well, that might be, yeah. a, that might be an option you see in the next couple of years. I, I think it would be interesting and maybe more, I'm sure it would be more, uh, more probably a boost attendance. People would watch it. Uh, is it the long-term answer? That's probably what remains to be seen it just depends on how exciting they're i think i mean we have two road course races sears point watkins Glen. people love them yep so it's a really good chance that it would transfer over to the indy road course and do very well yeah because i mean that's like that has hosted f1 yeah. it hosts indycar runs their own race there so yeah i would probably like that at tj mac is having multiple tire compound choices a possibility for NASCAR similar to what IndyCar uses? You know, I think it is a definite possibility down the road, but they need it needs to be a definite a definite advantage to use the sulfur compound. We saw it tried at the All Star race this year, and there was not a real huge difference in speed because our cars are so aero dependent. And when we get behind each other, no matter how fast you are, you can run a guy down and be a you know three, four tenths faster than him and get stuck behind him, right? Because you don't have the air and downforce you need to continue to pass. So uh, it would need to be a, a a situation where that softer tire was a real advantage. Uh, I could see it happening though down the road. Would it be better if you did it at a road course, probably? Yeah, as opposed to doing it probably at- so. Yeah. At S. Parsons 198988, will drivers have to serve their final practice penalties from Charlotte at Talladega since practice was rained out? Yes, we will. We have a 45-minute hold for the final practice at Talladega. So you're basically just going to sit out there. It's like it's a 55-minute practice. Yeah. So that's fine. I, you know, if there is a practice, if there is a practice that's not very important, it would probably be those practices at the plate tracks because – what happens is at the plate track on on uh, especially Talladega, everybody goes out initially in that first practice and starts drafting right out of the bat, right out of the gate, and and right, as soon as people start peeling off and going back to the garage, it's really hard to form another pack, and it usually doesn't happen. Right, and 
you get enough drafting in that first practice to not need to do it again. You don't want to put your car in danger of getting in a crash or anything like that. So a lot of guys probably don't even practice at all in the second practice. I know that Jimmy will spend probably the entire day uh, running single car runs, right? not drafting with anyone. That way you just know you're – you maximize your single car speed yeah. and it's just going to be fine. In the so, uh, you know, I, th- I think if, uh, if there's a practice that's, that's the least important, it's those second final practices at Daytona Talladega. So it's not, it's not entirely as difficult for us as it would be at Charlotte or any other racetrack to miss that much practice time. At BAM underscore 62, I've always wanted to work in the business side of motorsports. Is there any advice you may have for a young professional like me? Tyler, I think you can probably answer this one better. Is this why you put this in there? Because you can answer this one? Maybe. So what I did was I went to UNC Charlotte for marketing, sports marketing specifically. Mm-hmm. So you get yourself a degree? Get yourself a that degree. You, that, that you could utilize. Right. Ideally, you would your junior and senior year, you would start doing internships. I know a lot of... Some of the teams do, but the tracks do internships. Tracks does. NASCAR does it. Yeah. Like the agents, marketing agencies do it. Any of that information or experience is helpful. A lot of the people that we deal with, that we work with now at the team, worked for a company called Octagon, who was handling sprints at track activation. And now that led them to PR jobs, marketing jobs. So stuff like that is good. Obviously, any job that you're going to do, racing or any field, making contacts in that field is very important. Yep. So, and then don't be afraid to work your way up. I started out by doing social media when that was first kicking off, started doing PR, and now here I am, Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s road manager, yep. managing the road. Managing the road. At That's a great answer. T. Burke, 34, asked, following up on the story you told at the concert Saturday night, whatever became of the service manager that fired you? So let's tell the whole story. Oh, goodness. Okay, so um, I was working at my dad's dealership. I'd been working there about three and a half, four years. I changed oil and did a few other jobs around in the service department, but I really enjoyed working in the service department. I had my uniform and all that good stuff. I was uh, took a lot of pride in my stall and being clean and my tools being clean and everything organized. Um, we were we were we had a lot of turnover at the service manager position, so we'd have new guys coming in there trying to trying to get this service department improved, trying to improve business. This one guy was hired. He had worked as maybe a service writer or something at the dealership before. There was a write-up in the paper about him coming to work it. Really? Yeah, they had like an article like, hey, this service manager, we've, re- we've hired this guy. Come on out to the store. So he was real proud of himself. He probably pitched that story himself. Um, no, I don't <laughs> think so. I think it's a Chevrolet store. Um, I'll tell. I'll add a little more to this context of the story. So, the um, I, me and him, I just didn't like the guy much. I don't think he liked me. Carrie really. I'll say that Carrie didn't have my back because I didn't give him opportunity. Carrie was a service writer, um, and I was always late to work. I was late to work at ten, fifteen minutes every day. It's a forty-five minute drive to work. But I was late every day. First one out the door when it was five o'clock, probably. Um, so I was I wasn't 
I wasn't awesome as far as accountability, but I did a great job, I thought, and I made a lot of customers happy. And um, anyways, this guy, he gets hired. He's a service manager. I was I would take big old advertisements out of like Rolling Stone, and I took his picture out of that newspaper um, advertisement. I took his face, and I would put it on the bodies of all these people in these advertisements. And they're like, you know, in all these weird poses yeah. like and i would cop i would i would take it and put it in a copy machine and make it black and white and you could almost look like it was really him so i would post these all over the service department and it really pissed this guy off like you did this after you no. guys knew that you didn't like each other yeah i was doing this just because i was bored <laughs> and i didn't like him and so i don't know what the hell i was thinking but so I got under the skin, this guy's skin pretty bad, making fun of him, making fun of his little uh, advertisement about being right. being hired as a service manager. He said uh, one of his, you know, one of the first things that he was going to do was have a meeting with the employees of the service department after work. And I said, and so one of the guys is complaining. One of the other servicemen, one of the mechanics, is like, "Man, that's crap. We got it. We should. We got to clock out and stay here for this meeting." We should still be able to stay on the clock. Absolutely. So I go over to the guy. He's, you know, this has got me all pissed off. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I'm going to go tell him. I go over to the service manager and I said, I, you know, I think we should be able to stay on the clock during this meeting. And he's like, no. I said, well, I ain't staying then. Ain't no, I ain't going to just stay just to have, I didn't think, I'm like, hey, if you ain't going to leave me on the clock, well, I don't really have, I mean, it doesn't sound too mandatory of a meeting. He's right. so, yeah. I didn't stay. I, I left. And I came back the next day and he said, you need to damn take a couple of days off and think about how bad you want this job. And I like, I was like, oh God. So I knew if I drove all the way back home that my dad would likely turn me around and send me back and be disappointed. So I didn't have a lot of money. I couldn't afford to be driving up and down the highway and uh to you know i wasn't gonna drive 45 minutes home to be turned around and drive 45 minutes back so i called dad i went that i went down to the body shop and called him on the phone and i said hey i got a little situation here and and i'm just calling you i'm not needing your help i'm just calling you to tell me what to do because i don't want you sending me back because i can't afford to, to the the gas just to be burning gas um, people would assume that dad was, you know, would give us money and all that stuff. He didn't. I, I get a paycheck. It was probably 130 to 150 bucks after taxes. And me and my brother paid our shared, me and my brother lived in a double wide trailer. We shared the bills and everything. So I, dad was like, you know what, uh, go in there and tell him you're either working or you're not. And I was like, oh, okay, that's good that's a good direction so I went in there I didn't tell the guy that I called my father I just said hey look I'm either gonna work or I'm not working you decide and he said have, have somebody help you load up your stuff and get on out of here so I think that he had the intention of firing me to begin with yeah and he wanted to get me out of there a couple of days so he could bring in another mechanic in my position and then get rid of then just lay me off so I drove home and dad saw me coming in the gate and he's like, ah, I can't. So he fired you. I was like, yeah. He's like, I can't believe that guy fired you. What's he thinking? 
And yeah, I'm like, well, I didn't sound like a good business. Man. I, know, I was like, well, dad, I didn't tell him that I'd called you and I didn't tell him, I didn't, he didn't know that you have any idea that this is going on. So he just thought, you know, he was being stern and I was like, I'm more worried about what I'm going to do for money. I don't want to go get a stupid job somewhere else. Um, and he said, I'll, he said, I'll pay you to work here for a time being. So he made me go, he made, I had a, I had one thing I had to do every day and that was shovel out the horse barn. Um, and I, after I was done with that, I worked on Kelly's late model. So I built Kelly a brand new car in that period of time. Uh, I would take her to the racetrack and, uh, we had, it was awesome. I got paid a little bit more money than I was making at the dealership. I went back up to the dealership at the end of the week to pick up my last paycheck. And I told that guy if there was ever a junior out there on that sign that said Dale and Hurst Chevrolet that I was, he would be the first person that I would fire. <laughs> and I think about two months after I... How did he respond to that? Oh, uh, he just... <laughs> I don't know. He just laughed or something. I don't oh. know. It wasn't like a big argument. Uh, about two months after I left... They got they fired him. I guess the, that he wasn't making much of a difference over there, and I think he was managing a car wash. Oh, last so. I heard, but I don't know where this guy is now. We're probably going to find out. What's his name? I don't know. Oh, I don't remember. But um, he he remembers. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, he probably remembers a story entirely different than this. <laughs> this is how I remember it. Um, I wish that he would call us call us up and share his side of the story. I don't story. know. I'm still bitter. I know, but maybe we could. but I'm actually not because it's I am bitter. I'm, you know, I didn't like the way it what turned out, but I you know I'm, I I admit my involvement to. Yeah, but you can't just fire the boss's son. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I probably would have tried to put him somewhere else. Yeah. Like if I was him, I would be like, you know what, I'm gonna move you down to the body shop and let them t- let them let you be their problem. Right. I mean, that's a terrible. There's tons of jobs around there, and and I did a lot of different jobs there. But anyways. It was great. I got to work on Kelly's car, got to go to racetrack with her. And I'd, get paid more. And get paid more. And then, and I, yeah, I was working on race cars, which is all I wanted to do to begin with. So you really. Maybe I could a, thank a, this guy if I yeah. get a chance to talk to him about how he helped. He's a catalyst. <laughs> my firing. <laughs> At a underscore Kundman 88 asked, if you hadn't made the deal to get on Twitter if you won the 2014 Daytona 500, do you think you would have joined eventually? Yeah, probably so. I think, you know, there was some hesitation there because I I assume that Twitter was really just going to open yourself up to just to mo- mountains of criticism and really e- evil, mean people. Not just people like, hey, you suck as a driver, but uh, people talking about your family and yeah. all that stuff. So, I don't need any of that in my life. No, nobody else does either. But I found it to be uh, that 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 part of it is there, but it's really easy to shrug off. Um, and I think the more pe- the, the longer we're around social media or, or it's around us, the more easier it becomes to just sort of you know dis disregard that right. nonsense. Um, and I think I think you know I've really I really enjoy it. So I think for sure I would probably 
have gotten on there at some point. I don't know how that would have happened, but yeah, that's what I wonder. Like, what would have what would have been the catalyst to get me on there? Yeah, yeah, I don't really know. I do enjoy, you know, I don't, I have, we have accounts on all kinds of platforms, right. but the two, uh, the two that I use exclusively myself are my uh, Instagram and my Twitter. Yeah. And so, you know, I have a Snapchat, but I don't, I really just, it's a kind of a placeholder right now. I'm not really active on there. Yeah. Um, but like your Instagram just shares to Facebook anyway, so you're populating the Facebook a yeah, lot of exactly. Facebook content yeah, too. So that's exactly right. So it's fun though. I like Instagram. Yeah. It's growing. Mm-hmm. At AC Beach twenty four asks, Do you think NASCAR sealing the engines in twenty eighteen will have an impact on post race burnouts? That's a good question. Um I read today that they're, they've gone like three weeks in a row now and nobody's... Nobody's bur- popped any tires. Yeah, it's crazy. Very good. <laughs> um, yeah, Truex and I were talking about that Sunday night. And because uh, he said, hey, I didn't pop any tires. Did you notice? And I said, I sure did because I watched him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I watched. I said, hey, them tires still got air in them. He tried to tell me after... Chicago? Hey, Chicago that that was the only time all year he had popped his tire. Did they, did and then the I saw the guy on I saw the guy on Twitter and Instagram show like every mile and a half yeah. race that he won. <laughs> all of his quarter panels were tore all to hell. And I'm like, Mark, why you got a lot of me, man? Yeah, don't don't lie to your friends. Yep, but he nobody's done it. It's been cool. But do you think the engines will? I don't really know. You know, I'm not. They I think that's the engines a ex, in Xfinity, and people still people do still do it. Yeah, I don't know if it'll have much of an effect on the celebrations. At Bradley88Billy asks, if you took Tyler and TJ hunting, who would get lost first trying to find their way back without using a GPS? Tyler. Why? Well, I just think TJ's... I just think TJ would find his way back. I, wow. Yeah. What? Yeah. I put this in here so that you could say that TJ would get lost. Well, you... And you've ruined the you answer. misfired. Unbelievable. Let's move on. As... <laughs> <laughs> at ZoomBuck80 asked, Brad Kozlowski is running a throwback scheme at Dega to honor you and what you have done for him. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I was uh, I was really surprised and shocked. I don't know that a driver's – I don't know I, – I can't recall a driver ever doing anything like that, but I'm honored and, and, and it's a hell of an effort to do that by him. Yeah. So and for it, people that don't know, he's running a scheme that resembles the all-white – Navy White car. side skirts, Navy car that he raced for Junior Motorsports in 2008. It's the one he got his first two Xfinity wins in. Yeah. Um, so he, um, you know, a lot of guys are, I've heard some incredible compliments from uh, drivers and people in the industry about, um, it just, I've just heard some great things this year and it's meant a lot to me. It's meant so much to, to hear people appreciate you and, uh, this is this is really going the extra mile, right? Because I mean, he's still active in the playoffs. Yes, and yeah, and we're competing against each other. Right. I told him, I said, it's gonna be weird seeing that car out there and me having to try to pass you, and you're like being so nice and me like having to be your competitor. It's really yeah, just a, side draft right off where it says hashtag cheers yeah, to Dale Junior. <laughs> right. So it's gonna be odd, uh, but I I just. I'm just overwhelmed by uh, my heart is so full from everything uh, 
that people have done this year and this just continues to add to it and brad's a pretty classy guy so um not surprised uh that he would do this but uh man it makes you feel so good so maybe he'll finish second this weekend maybe hopefully yeah maybe he'll help us win that'd be (laughs) awesome all right, that's all the Ask Junior questions this week. Uh, I thought it was a good list. Yeah, it's good questions. So I'm we, sorry you didn't get the answer you wanted on a few. It's okay. Yeah. But as always, send us your questions on Twitter using the hashtag AskJunior, and we'll pick the best ones. If you love Dale Jr., then Exalta Racing is your go-to social media account on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It brings you insider's info all weekend long on the 88 team. It's at Exalta Racing, a must-follow for any Dale Jr. fan. All right, real quick, looking ahead, we've got Friday uh, coming up, uh, two practices, 1 o'clock and 3 o'clock. On a, so that should be – we're going to be sitting out that second one, so no need to – You'll no get a good really, look at the Mountain Dew Chevrolet sitting yeah, on pit road. down on pit road, and we'll sign, <laughs> I'll sign some autographs. I'll drop the winning net. Um, Saturday, qualifying at 4.15. 4.15 uh, Eastern Time. Eastern Time, NBC Sports Network. Yeah, and then Sunday we have a Q and A on the Chevy stage. That's always a lot of fun, actually. I they brought they're bringing a stage this week. Right. Usually they have like the smaller yeah. display with the pit box. Yeah, it's a big stage. Yeah, because you're going to be there and it's Talladega. They're bringing a big stage. Oh. Well, it's always a good time. So come out to the Chevy stage for that. It's at ten ten a.m. outside the main grandstands. Uh, the race is at two o'clock on NBC. Yep. So the big channel. Yep. Very exciting. So um, should be some pretty good ratings for this one. I anticipate on the big channel. Yep, should be a fun one too. Yeah, hopefully we have a good one, guys. We're going to be trying our ass off uh, to make this a good race that everybody's going to be proud of. And um, thanks for listening. It's a good show. Yep. See ya.
steps I never have I need to stand up straight so I can feel your breath I really think for once that I can change It's really not that bad I'm learning now that I The Dale Jr. Download and all Dirty Mo' Radio podcasts are made possible by Exalta. You can subscribe to all eight programs on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and all major podcasting outlets. As always, you can listen to Dirty Mo' Radio podcasts on DaleJr.com. Follow us on Twitter at Dale Jr., at Overstreet Tyler, and at Dirty Mo' Radio. Also, check out the Dirty Mo' Radio Facebook page. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. 